Actually, I have this opportunity because we are blessed in this church with the amount of uh, people we have that can cover the pulpit, but all of them are gone this weekend. So uh, here I am. But uh, do be praying for Stephen. I know they're traveling back today. Um, He had the opportunity yesterday to have a family reunion. He said he was willing to skip it, so I didn't ask which side of the family it was for. Um, But... uh, I just thought that was a great opportunity for him to be there with his family over Thanksgiving. So why don't we just start with a quick word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you, number one, for who you are. And uh, we have so much to be thankful for. And I just pray that, uh, as we just sang in that last chorus, that you will be exalted. That we will exalt you today, lift you high. And that our focus and reflections will be uh, just on what a great God you are. So we just uh, thank you and, and praise you for this time. In your name, amen. Well, I asked uh, Ed, I said, how, when you're planning for this, how many pages of notes do you have? And he said, three pages at .3 margin, size 12 font. So I've got eight pages. <laughs> make sure I, I must, when I teach, I always make sure I leave enough for the student teachers so it takes the whole time, so... Uh, I've got eight pages, but it's size 16 font, so we should be okay. So, but as we just celebrated the holiday of Thanksgiving, the actual day Thanksgiving, we do this at a time when government, other peoples in academia, are floating the idea out there of changing or doing away with this holiday. As a matter of fact, one group actually wants to make it a day of mourning based on what happened in history to the Native Americans. That, that, I'm not making that up. This is true. You can go search this. Um, they want to change Thanksgiving to a day of mourning, kind of like they changed Columbus Day to the Indigenous People Day. And they want to do that in place of the narrative of the pilgrims giving things to God. So as we kind of look at this, I wanted to focus a little bit on, a little more on Thanksgiving today. And uh, Dictionary.com surprisingly defines Thanksgiving as the following. One, the act of giving thanks, grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favor, especially to God. Definition two, an expression of thanks, especially to God. Definition number three, a public celebration and acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness And definition four, a day set apart for giving thanks to God. So somehow, dictionary.com has not caught up with the rest of the world. So I was surprised to find that as their definition. And the idea of being thankful is not just a Christian idea. Although it should be natural for a believer in light of all that Christ has freed us from and all that he has forgiven us, that, that should flow out of us naturally. And we talked about that a little bit last week, and we'll reference last week a little bit more here. But even John F. Kennedy is quoted with two different statements on Thanksgiving. Quote, we must find the time to stop and thank the people who make a difference in our lives. Second definition, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Even an unsaved person has the idea of thanksgiving, although his focus on who to thank is off. 
But Willie Nelson recognizes the need to give thanks and actually recognized the many things for which he has to be thankful. He said, quote, when I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. Thanksgiving in God's word usually comes in the form of a phrase or a short clause to give thanks or be thankful. As Daniel just read in Philippians, the word rejoice, which means to be glad or to take delight, actually brings with it an attitude of thankfulness. Notice these sentences are in the imperative form. All right, now I'm going to shift into my English teacher mode and give you a quick review of your four types of sentences. You have the declarative sentence, which makes a statement, God is good. You have the interrogative sentence, which asks a question. You have the exclamatory sentence that shows emotion, strong feeling. And then you have the imperative sentence, which gives a command. The imperative sentence, give thanks, is a command to us as believers to do something, as I said earlier, that should just flow out of our hearts naturally. Now, last week, Ed reminded us as to whom we are to give thanks and the attitude we should have as we give thanks. Our thanks goes to? All right, so four people were listening last week. That's good. All right. So our thanks goes to God and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, I want to focus a little bit more on the things for which we are thankful and the practical areas in our life that are affected by being obedient to the command to give thanks. If you were to do a quick word search on a Bible program, and man, I'm so thankful for those because it used to be Strong's Concordance. I don't know if any of you remember that. It was a book about this tall, that thick, um, where you would look up words and see where it was referenced in the Bible. Now you can just do a quick search. And the command or phrase to give thanks occurs over 73 times in the Bible. Just some quick examples. Psalm 9-1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. 1 Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. You see that throughout Psalms as well, that same phrase. Psalm 75.1, We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks. For your name is near, we recount your wondrous deeds. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Isaiah 12.4 And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim so that his name is exalted. So this morning, I want to take time once again to focus on giving thanks around this holiday of Thanksgiving to the Lord for all the many things for which he, blesses, which he has blessed us. Now, I'm more of a teacher than I am a preacher. So the Sunday morning format is probably going to be a little different than uh, the normal Sunday services. So using...
phrase. With a lot of the things that come up, you're probably going to have references. So if you're the type that like to jot down references with things, um, there's a bunch that will come. Again in First Peter, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Is that something salvation? Are you thankful for your salvation this morning? I heard something over here. That we were chosen, right? Just covered. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And God knew that before the foundations of the world. Somebody else? Something you're thankful for? God's provision, and part of that is the servant ministry of this church. Okay, God's provision, the way he provides for us. All right, as you think about that, you have... Uh, The fact that God tells us that he's going to provide all our needs. All right, when you think about the possessions that we have, Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. All right, Psalm 68.10b says, in your goodness, O oh God, you provided for the needy. I mean, just the way God provides in, in his provision here at this church, we've seen it over and over and over again um, at, at times where, I mean, we can only sit and say to God be the glory for the things that he has done. It's nothing that we have done because it's so outside of our abilities. Somebody else, something you're thankful for, Remo? The church. The church. All right, and that's kind of been tied in already, as as uh, Jan shared. But the church, Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's the purpose of the church. That's why we're here, to gather together, to encourage one another. Are you thankful for the church that God has established and the, the model that the church is, the picture that the church is of God's love for us through Christ? Somebody else? Jesus. Jesus, grace, right? Are we thankful for the gospel? God's word, the gospel, the grace, right? We are able, we have this common bond in Christ because of the gospel, because of what Jesus came and did on the cross. All right, his grace that he bestows on us every day. All right, thinking of his grace, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 come to mind. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the ideas that we have, the the ministries that we have here, we're prepared ahead of time, and God has equipped us for those things. Somebody else? Yes, Grace. Yeah, the church body, the family of God. Several verses that pop into mind. Number one, we just covered with Ephesians 2.10. That that's what the body's all about. We were equipped to do good works to each other, to serve one another. But it also says, um, you think of Paul as he opens up many of his books. I'll quote Philippians 1, 3, and 4. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayers with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Acts chapter 2 also, verses 42 through 47, um, discuss the fellowship of the believers. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The family of God, acting like the family of God, is attractive. And you think about, too, when the, as you think about the family of God, in 1 Corinthians 12, it really talks about the church and the church being the body, and the body has all the different parts. All right? And we, we can't all be the eye. We can't all be the hand. And we all have different parts that we use in our service to the Lord here at this church and around the world to serve one another, to serve and to share the gospel. And that's all part of the church body and what God was, what God planned and what God created through the gospel and the, the church. All right, somebody else. Peace, the peace that we can have, and we'll talk about that a little bit more at the uh, end. But peace, through all the anxiety, I mean, as you look at what's going on in the world today, we can have peace. And Thanksgiving is going to play a huge part. Our attitude, that command to be thankful, to give thanks, to be thankful, plays a large role in how we can have peace. And we'll look at that in a minute. Somebody else? Humor. Humor. Oh, I'm so thankful for humor. I teach junior high kids, so um, you have to have humor um, to survive that. All right, But the ability to laugh, that is a gift from God. It's not just a Reader's Digest thing that laughter is the best medicine, but it's a gift from the Lord, our humor. And uh, every once in a while we see that God laughs. We looked at that at the men's conference when all these leaders of the world gather together and they, they're going to do all these things and God sits on his throne and he does what? laughs he laughs all right so humor god god has humor and he expects us to have humor to laugh anybody else carol our uh, inheritance in christ our inheritance in christ 
right? Again, we kind of touched on that as that we're, uh, our inheritance is as a royal inheritance that we've been called to, all right? And uh, as we kind of focus on um, what we have to look forward to, as you think about, uh, you can put up our homes if you want to put that up. But as we look through Scripture, I was, because you can tell, I'm trying to guess what some of the things you guys are going to say. So, uh, done so pretty good so far. But um, as I, I thought about home, there wasn't a lot in there to be thankful for your home. We do know God's going to supply our needs, and shelter is one of our needs. But as I was thinking about that, why isn't there a lot to be thankful for your home, be thankful for your house? And it's because this isn't our home. Our inheritance is with Christ. Our inheritance is what we have to look forward to. It says in um, John 14, 1 through 4, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place? Go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Everyone here knows the way to where Christ is going because we have the gospel. Right? That's not, that's not something, as I look around the room and recognize everyone here, that's not something that would be a foreign concept to you. We know the way. And Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. All right, so our inheritance is something. All right, Ken? With God's immense creation and his, his um, forethought that he, that he chose to be the mercy to all of us before he created all this, and even being able to look through our sin was to that grace and mercy. Okay, so two things he's saying is our, our, the creation around us. And then the forethought that God had in planning all of this um, for his glory. Psalm, and there's several without the Psalms, but Psalm 136, verses 1 through 9 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night. And it goes on, it's talking about God's creation. And why? It gives us the answer here. Because his steadfast love endures forever. As God was creating the world, did day six come like, ah, maybe we should throw a guy in there. That was part of his plan right from the beginning. And everything that he created before that was what man needed to survive. The sun, water, light. And up here, again, maybe not as much with it snowing out, 
but on a clear night to go outside and look at the moon and the stars. And hopefully it makes you thank the Lord for those things, for his beauty, for his creation, for the vastness. It just, it just reminds you that God holds all of this in the palm of his hand. And, but yet at the same time as you're looking at all those lights and the beauty of it, it says here, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's what that creation should be reminding us of. All right? So are we thankful for the beauty around us, all that God has created? I mean, even the fresh water that we have here. I mean, we don't, we don't lack for water, but in other countries, that's a huge need. But here we have it in abundance. Somebody else? Family. Family. Are you thankful for family? How many were able to be with family this, uh, this Thanksgiving time or maybe even incorporating, including that, extending it into this uh, extended weekend? Um, and many, that family was the family of God as well. As we had, uh, many people were with different family if they couldn't get together with their immediate. Um, I think of with family, children. Right? As, and as I'm starting to get older, Grandchildren, I'm excited that my grandson may be coming this coming weekend to see us for a little bit. All right, so but you're thankful for children. And Psalm 127, three through five says, "Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate." So our children are part of our family. Uh, you can split those out if you want. It's children, spouse. You thankful for your spouse? Marriage is a picture of Christ and His love for the church. We were taught that in Ephesians five. But what's interesting, I find. As we talk about spouse, and you do, you do a search for that, Proverbs 18.22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 5.18, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Proverbs 31.10, An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. What you will not find in Scripture is be thankful for your husband. It's not there. I found that interesting. Um, so wise, you're off the hook. Um, but in all honesty, as you think about the role and responsibility of husband before the husband gets his feelings hurt, well, the wife has to submit to me. Um, if the husband loves his wife like Christ loved the church, they will be thankful. The wife will be thankful. And the wife will be willing to submit. So we have a pretty strong command on how we're supposed to love, but at no time does it say that uh, to be thankful for your husband. I just thought that was interesting. All right? But also be thankful for parents. I'm thankful for parents that uh, were pointing me to the gospel, pointing me to truth. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Colossians 3.20 mirrors that. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. 
Are you thankful for parents? And if, as parents, are you pointing your kids to Christ? Are you pointing your grandkids to Christ? Somebody else. The Holy Spirit, prayer, right? The Holy Spirit, which God has given us. We'll talk about that and again. Prayer, we're going to be talk, touching on that in just a minute. But our ability to communicate with Christ. Communicate with the sovereign God of this universe. And he's already given us the answers in his word. But yet he guides us to those answers. He leads us to people as we pray and, and as we seek those answers to prayer. Right? Anyone else? Lori? Food, but not just because we need the nourishment, but, I mean, think about Thanksgiving. I mean, the whole idea of what we do in celebrating Thanksgiving is the variety, the deliciousness of food. You know, for those of us who had COVID and lost our taste for a while, <laughs> whose taste got knocked out with the radiation, when food does not have taste, it's really boring. And <laughs> He could have just made it so we had like the manna in the desert, yep. but he didn't. He he gave it to us just like the creation around us. He gave us something that we find joy out of. Yeah, First Timothy four four. For everything created by God is good, <laughs> and nothing is to be reject, to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. <laughs> but then you think too of in Acts where in Acts ten. Um, when I was at the BI, 10 was hen. So it's talking about the, uh, Peter's vision. And the next day, as they were on their journey approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descended, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. Just thinking about the food and all the, all the different variations of food that we can eat. It even says reptiles, which I hear that tastes like chicken. So... Um, but I mean, as you look at all these different things that God has blessed us with, just with food. All right? I thought I saw another hand that was up. Yes? I was just going to say creativity that, that um, like, like children want to um, be like their parents, that God gave it in us to make art and music. And I think that's really interesting and beautiful. Okay, the creativity. One of the things I do have down is music. I, I figured Laura would have said this one. But uh, she's probably in the back raising her hand somewhere. All right. But when you think about music, got to find the right sheet here. Psalm 100, verse 4, and the creativity that we have. What's the purpose of music, though? To praise God, to glorify God. Psalm 100, verse 4, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Psalm 7, verse 17 says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness 
and I will sing praise to his to the name of the Lord the most high. You, you can find this throughout the psalm. Psalm 30 verse 4. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. So you see the link between singing and thanksgiving. All right, in our hearts as we are singing, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the people, I will sing praises to you among the nations. Psalm 33, 2, give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. I guess we're not supposed to use a harp of nine strings, but the harp of ten strings. But the, the fact, the creativity of music and giving glory to God and just the abilities that he's blessed us with. All right, we'll take one more. Ben? His faithfulness. His faithfulness. Actually, I saw the, we'll do one more after this. All right, but when you think about uh, his faithfulness, Psalm 40:11, "As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me." Psalm 57:2, "For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds." We have a faithful God even when we are unfaithful. He is true to himself and his attributes. Uh, Ciel or Rebecca, you guys can argue as to who gets to go. <laughs> God's encouragement through promises. God's encouragement through his promises. Our, our word, his word is filled with promises to us. Right? We don't worry about our needs because he's promised to provide our needs. That's Philippians 4.19. But I mean, as you look at all of the different things, I mean, we've got quite a list going up here, all right? And we could go on. Um, God's word. Are you thankful for God's word? I have stored up in your, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We'll come back to that phrase, Psalm one nineteen one hundred five. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. All right? His enduring love. Think of God's attributes. His enduring love. His forgiveness. Are you thankful for God's forgiveness? He's faithful. As part of his faithfulness, he forgives. Colossians 2.13 and 14, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Are you thankful for God's forgiveness, for his holiness? 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. I mean, we have, I mean, the list could go on. We could, we could go on probably for another 15, 20 minutes easily. And I could start calling on people who haven't raised their hands. And I'm sure, right, Ruthie? Okay. I'm sure that... Uh, people would have things that they're thankful for. And I wanted to stop and reflect a little bit. I mean, take a look at the list that's here that you've quickly generated 
We've been blessed in abundance. And our hearts should be full of gratitude toward Christ. But as we wrap up today, I think it's important that we take or make the command to give thanks personally applicable to our daily lives. Because the idea of thanksgiving or giving thanks should be a daily thing, not a once a year activity or even a once a week activity. If we come on a Wednesday night or Sunday night at communion or Sunday morning, this should be a daily activity. And so if we look at the commands to give thanks that are given in the word of God, it affects so many practical areas of our life. Turn to Philippians 4, where Daniel read Philippians 4, and let's look at verse 6 and 7. And what I want to do now is give several areas where giving thanks becomes a very practical solution to some of the things that we struggle with in our own life or in areas where our life should be affected by thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So area number one, giving thanks affects our anxiety levels. It says, do not be anxious, but turn to the Lord in prayer. But it also, area two, affects our prayer life. Because it tells us how we should pray. When we're anxious, what do we tend to do? We tend to go to the Lord and lay out what we're anxious for. Those are our prayers and supplications. It says to make our request known to God, but how should we do it? There was that little prepositional phrase in there that says we should do it with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. So... The attitude of thanksgiving affects our prayer life. One would think that this is not a a necessary instruction that he had to include, that he could have left out that prepositional phrase. But too often we come to the Lord with our wish list or with our anxiety, with our concern, and, and we forget to focus on all with which we have been blessed. We forget to focus on all he has already accomplished, all the prayers he's already answered. And if we come with that attitude of thanksgiving, we are able to get the last part of that section of Philippians 4. We get area 3, the thankfulness impacts by providing peace. How does thanksgiving provide peace when you're coming to the Lord in prayer about your anxieties and your supplications and requests because we're it reminds us that we're coming to a god and we give thanks that god's in control that praying with thanksgiving it causes us to reflect on what god has already done what god has already accomplished who god is as you look at the list of things that you've provided who god is what he's accomplished and as we pray And we keep that in mind through our thanksgiving. 
you start to remember then that God is in control, God loves us, and he knows what is best for us. We think we know what's best for us, but he truly does. And when you come to Christ with an attitude of thanksgiving in your prayer life, because notice, when were we coming? Don't be anxious, but go pray. And you have all these prayers and requests, but do it with thanksgiving. Because it reminds us who, to whom we are praying. Who is this God that we go to? So those three areas, just from Philippians 4, area 1, it gives thanks, affects our anxiety levels, it affects our prayer life, and it provides the peace that we had already mentioned. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, look at verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Because what I'm trying to do is just give some practical areas now where giving thanks affects our everyday life and how, how we need to be encouraged and reminded to give thanks. You thankful for little guys? What a blessing. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So area number four in our practical application here of why we need to give thanksgiving, why we have all these things to be thankful. We have victory through Christ. Victory for what? Victory over sin and victory over death. With the birth of Christ, the sinless life that he lived, with his death, then his resurrection and ascension, which we know is what? That's the gospel. That's the good news. The gospel of Christ. Death has been conquered. Well, why is that a big deal? Because what are the wages of sin? Death. Death's been conquered. Because of what Christ did on the cross. And then when he ascended, what did he tell all the disciples? If I go, I will, I, will, I, will come, I will come again, but I will also send a comforter. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. Someone mentioned that earlier. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit that he has given us. Because that helps us, that encourages us. And gives us a victory over sin. That's the power that we have to be victorious over sin. Is the indwelling Holy Spirit. And in in addition to that. Not only did he give us the spirit. He gave us his word. Why is that important? How did Christ resist temptation? By the word of God. By quoting scripture. Right? We... Hit that in Psalm 119, right? As we talked about being thankful for God's word. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Are you thankful for the victory that we have in Christ? That's something that, uh, again, should be every day as we preach the gospel to ourselves. 
a common passage. I always remember it as the Ted Hake passage. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. He always used to, whenever he did scripture reading, he would have us quote that. Rejoice always. There's that command again to rejoice. Pray without ceasing. We've already talked about how thanksgiving affects our prayer life. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what God's will is? There you have it. Very nice and easy. We don't even have to interpret anything there. But area five says, give thanks in all circumstances. Frustrated in your job? Give thanks. You have a job. Because that's how God is supplying your needs. No matter what the situation with your work or whatever, we're commanded to give thanks. God is not surprised by what our government is doing. Give thanks. Give thanks that we live in a country where we have these freedoms that we can gather like this. Based on the word of God, we know that God put these governments in power. So we can give thanks. We're instructed to pray for them as well. But we can give thanks. God is not shocked by covid He's not worried about this new variant. Give thanks because he's the great physician, the great healer. And if he chooses not to heal, we can give thanks. Your days were numbered before the foundations of the earth. You will not die one day earlier or later than his divine creed. We can give thanks. As we look at all the different things that are, what are all the other circumstances that are impacting our lives? Struggle with family, struggle with finances. We can give thanks. God supplies our needs. God has placed us in our families. This, is, we're not, this wasn't an accident. Some stork didn't just happen to fly over and drop you down the wrong chimney. Right? We are appointed and placed in the families that we are in by God's divine will. So as we look at this, we should be able to give thanks in all circumstances, no matter if we view them as good or bad. Now, the key is we view them as good. We know God's working all things for our good and his glory. But it's how we view those circumstances. And so if we have that attitude of thanksgiving, how will our view shift? We'll be able to give thanks in all circumstances because that is God's will for you. For me. There are many other areas we can cite from Scripture as to the impact of giving thanks in our daily life, but we're running out of time. What I do want to close with is is this. That as believers, being thankful or giving thanks is a command, not a suggestion. It's something we were instructed to do Give thanks, be thankful. And you guys have shown just very quickly things that we can be thankful for. But as we look at these, to who who should get all the glory for this? God. God's the one. I mean, look at the spiritual blessings that we have because of God's love for us and sending his son and, and 
and what Christ has done on the cross. And then not, not only does we have, do we have all these spiritual blessings, he's blessed us physically with so many different uh, blessings and provisions. It impacts everything. Being thankful impacts everything. How can we not be thankful for being freed from the penalty of sin? How can we not give thanks that the guilt of sin is left at the foot of the cross? Right? We don't have to wallow in our guilt. Preach the gospel to yourself. You hear that over and over again from this pulpit. Everything has been paid for by the blood of Christ. Our sin has been paid for. Our guilt of sin is paid for. We can leave it at the cross. And we do that by preaching the good news of the gospel to ourselves. I know most of you here, but at the same time, I would be remiss if I didn't say, however, if you have never experienced the freedom that comes from accepting the good news of the gospel, then your thanksgiving is temporal and based on your circumstances. Your thanksgiving is going to be based on what's happening in your life versus a true attitude of thanksgiving because of what Christ and God has done for you. But... The good news, again, is today you could experience that complete joy and thanksgiving by admitting that you're a sinner, believing that Christ died on the cross for your sins and paid the penalty of death that is the wages for those sins, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You can do that today and experience the true thanksgiving that we can have and then being able to then obey and follow that command in Scripture to give thanks and be thankful. If you're not sure about that, that salvation, that true thanksgiving, please, please, please see someone before leaving today. Because, again, you hear from this pulpit, we are one heartbeat from eternity. So, as we think about thanksgiving, you guys have come up with an incredible list of things for to be thankful for, but turn your thanks to Christ. And as we turn our thanks to Christ, it impacts so many different areas of our life, our prayer life, our anxiety levels, our, um, the victory that we have over sin. It impacts all of those things. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you today as we have this Thanksgiving. We were challenged last week. We know who the focus of our thanks should be. But I also wanted to look at some of the things for which we can be thankful. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. For who you are, as we look at the list of um, blessings that you have given us, we have been blessed so much. And we live in a country where we're able to freely express that, freely gather. Um, Lord, I just pray we don't take that for granted because we don't know how long that freedom will continue here. Lord, we thank you for the families that are represented here, the families that are traveling for our church body. Lord, we just are so grateful that you have placed each one of us here. I just pray that our hearts will overflow with thanksgiving today and and not just today, but through the week that we'll constantly be reminded of things to be thankful and that we'll allow that to impact how we view the situations in in the world and the situations in our life on a day-to-day basis. We want to give you all the praise and glory in your name. Amen.